Don't you love bubbles? It's pretty sweet. These are not good bubbles, but we love bubbles. You know, for a lot of us, we've been like bubbles this summer. We really have kind of let our purpose wander a bit. We just kind of drift. Because in the absence of goals and purpose, in the absence of intentionality, we drift. We don't mean to be. We didn't plan to do it. We started off with the best of intentions, but somewhere along the way, we had bad bubbles And we drifted. Israel had the same problem. They would be blessed by God. They would take God's blessings for granted. They would begin to just kind of drift. Because enjoying the blessings of God, they, they would just simply forget. And, and they would start to live with lack of purpose. They would lose sight of the goal of being the people of God. They would live without intentionality, and they would drift. Sometimes it was just casual drifting. Sometimes it was deliberate steps into overt and hard sin, but they drifted. See, anytime you start drifting, when something else takes that place of Christ in your life, when something else supersedes Christ in your heart, your soul begins to be set adrift. Aimlessly, just kind of like the raft on the water, just up and down. Without the intentional commitment to Christ and working hard at it, we drift. Now, the problem with summers, and I love summers, I tell everybody that we have absolutely the best summers in the state of Michigan that anybody has anywhere. I love summers. But we take the break from school and the routine, and we go on vacations, and we try to get that last little trip into the lake, and we try to cram this in and that in, and we got t-ball at the end of, or baseball at the end, or the beginning of summer, and then we got football starting at the end of summer. And these are not bad things, it's just, we drift. And the Christ that died on the cross for us, the Christ that shed his blood for us, the Christ that we have given our life to just kind of is out there somewhere while we're just drifting along. And the problem with drifting is sin always creeps into your heart. Every time when the children of Israel began to drift, sin showed up. It was either the sins of commission, those are sins that you intentionally do, or they were the sins of omission, things that they should have been doing that they stopped doing, worshiping God, praising him, bringing sacrifices to the tabernacle, and and so on. Then what happens with the children of Israel is, instead of hitting the mark, kind of like like an arrow, because sin literally means to miss the mark, So then when you're drifting, no matter how hard you try, you can never hit the mark. You always fall short. 
No matter how many times you shoot the arrow. Yeah, it's not that you're a little off to the right or a little off to the left. But the best you can do is just fall short. Catching a drifting heart is so hard because it's couched a lot of times in good people. But what drifting does, it gets us a little farther away from the shore. gets us a little farther away from Christ. It, it just gets us out there a little farther and a little farther. And, and then it's kind of like the thrill of seeing just how far we could go before we hit maybe that riptide or get caught up in a, a current that just takes us in a different direction. God has always had a word and a prophet for drifting hearts. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the chronicler says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will heal here from heaven. I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon their land, and I will heal their land. The thing is, is we've got to realize that our relationship with Christ has drifted. Not that we're involved in, in gross sin or wicked immorality, but that our heart just doesn't burn with that same fire and passion that it once did. It just kind of drifted. That, that what bound us to Christ and, and what infused us with, with power and thrill and joy has just kind of drifted. And, and my prayer this morning is that you would just repent of a drifting heart. Again, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. That means you own up to it. My heart's drifted. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I bet you started off with the summer with the best of intentions. Maybe you were going to read through the entire New Testament. Maybe you're going to witness to your neighbor, invite a friend to church, go see an old friend, and maybe share Christ with him. And you started off with the best of intentions, but life and living and schedule and bills and, and kids and husbands and wives, it all just kind of started meshing together and drifting, drifting. God's answer for a drifting heart has always been repentance. Sometimes I don't think we need a 30-minute sermon. Sometimes I think we just need a simple reminder as God's people. That it, with, in the absence of goals and purpose and intentionality, our hearts will drift. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, left to our own self, Jeremiah was saying, we're going to drift. And we're going to drift in a direction away from Christ. Repentance is a U-turn. Repentance is a turn that takes us from that dri aimless drifting direction and with intentionality and with the purpose and with the goal of being closer to Christ, we turn from where we were headed and we turn back to Christ. 
If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, turn, then God says, the blessings of God will pour out again. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a moment? Let's just be honest, and this is to church folk. This is, to, this is just to Kirby folk. I wonder if you're here today and you just be honest with me and say, Pastor, I've just kind of drifted. Didn't mean to. Just kind of lost a little bit of purpose, just lost a little bit of... And I've just kind of drifted along. Not where I really wanted to be and, and not where I need to be with Christ. And it's not that I, I don't love Christ. It's just I've just kind of drifted this summer. Wasn't intentional. Didn't set out to do it. It's just that sometimes at the end of the summer I come and I just feel, me personally, sometimes because summers are so crazy busy on, on staff here, sometimes I feel a little distant. A little drifting because you get so caught up in the busyness that you neglect the one that we're doing it for, and that's Jesus. So this morning, there's not a 30-minute message. There's just a simple invitation. Have you drifted? Have you drifted? Is your relationship with Christ, is there sin in your heart? You've been blessed by God, but yet you've kind of taken him for granted and other things have kept, have crept in your heart and it might be bitterness or pride, it might be anger or self-centeredness, but you've drifted. Didn't mean to, didn't intend to, didn't plan to, just like the bubbles, it just kind of got carried along. So this morning, I'd just like to give you an opportunity to repent. I love the verse, and this is to church folk now. This is not, if you're guest with us, man, this really is not, I mean, you can if you want, but I'm just saying, we understand as church folk, the point of the Bible says, humble ourselves. There is something, something humbling about kneeling down with Jesus at an altar of prayer and just saying, dear Jesus, I love you so much. I never want to drift. I always want to be right there by your side. So I wonder if there'd be someone this morning you'd just say, Pastor, I've, it's been a great summer. I've just kind of done a little drifting. Didn't mean to. Just not where I want to be right now in my relationship with God. Maybe there's sin in your heart or whatever. And I just wonder if you would just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. And just raise it quickly. Man, many of you are raising your hands. Just raise your hands. Raise your hands. God bless you. Raise your hands. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to have a time of church-wide repentance. Where we humble ourselves and see us as God sees us. And we come back to Him. Whether it's overt sin or it's just the drifting. But we come back to Christ. So would you stand with your heads bowed?
and your eyes closed for every one of you that raised your hand, and there were many, and probably many more should have raised their hands. Would you just right now, even as I start this prayer, would you slip out from where you are? Why don't you just humble yourself before the Lord? Just repent. Just in just a second Don's going to sing through a verse and a song and would you speak to our hearts so that our hearts can be pure and right and that we may be right with you Father I pray that you help us to be honest with you in the next few moments Don's going to sing just a verse and a chorus and then we're going to pray again if God spoke to your heart man if you've just been drifting aimless lack of purpose man let's just reclaim that heart desire to walk with the Lord just one verse the only thing that's good in me is Jesus the only thing that's good in me is Jesus and I've lived long enough to know No matter what this life may show The only thing that's good in me Is Jesus If I could walk the hallways of my heart See things as they like today I feel so much like Martha who just was so busy in the kitchen she didn't take time to be with you it's easy for us on staff to get caught up in the busyness of life and ministry just like it's easy for all of us 
So, Father, I confess that as sin, and I want to Forgive me of my sins. Lord, my prayer is that in the next few moments, we just celebrate your goodness and we celebrate all that you are for your death, burial, and resurrection, for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the difference that you have made in our life, may we, your people, may we rise up and call you blessed and honor you and thank you and may we praise your name. May what we're about to do in the next few moments just be absolute worship untainted praise may we just sit back and with intentionality remember what you've done for us embrace the cross in Jesus name we pray amen you may be seated
our Heavenly Father gave us an object lesson so that we would remember His Son. Not in some kind of cheesy or shallow way, but that we could remember exactly what He did for us on the cross. There are two elements in the communion dinner. The bread, which symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ on which all of your sins were placed. Every foul word, every sinful act, every unchristlike attitude, I mean, it was just all dumped on him. Sins of your lifetime the sins of your spouse and the sins of your children and the sins of the section sitting next to you and the sins of the, the community and the sins of the region and the sins of the nation, the sins of the world, of all people in all time were placed on his body. He bore, the Bible says, literally, he carried your sin. The element, the element is the cup, it's the, the juice. And it stands for the blood of Jesus Christ. And the good news is your sins are not held up to Christ before the Heavenly Father today. For those of us who know Christ as our Savior, we've asked Him to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His blood has covered all of your sin. Every single one of them. And that's why Paul would write to the church at Corinth. He would say, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. So do this remember me. In the same way after he took the cup, he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this. Whenever you do it, do it in remembrance of me. I think there's two aspects. That when you take the, the blood, or when you take the bread and you take the cup, as you go back to the cross where he bore and he covered our sins you also go to that place that moment whether it was by your better for me it was February the 19th 1967 at East Dayton Free Will Baptist Church a little 7 year old boy went down and gave his heart to Jesus Christ and the Christ who bore my sins covered my sins and cleansed me from all unrighteousness and I've been his child That's what you remember. That's what you praise him for. And so this is just for the church. This is just for those who know Christ as their Savior. And for those whose heart is right with God, I'm going to say the blessing over the, over the communion dinner. And when your heart is ready, you simply come forward. 
the altar is open if you want to kneel and praise God if you just want to take communion as a family and return to your seat that's fine but when your heart is ready we invite you to come to the table and remember the outworking and the outpouring of God's love and grace and mercy in your heart and in your life and the key thing is you remember His holy and precious name. So our Heavenly Father, in the next few moments, as we all will take the bread and take the cup, may we do this in remembrance, not of anything that we've done, but of how you took our stripes, you took our shame, humiliation and degradation you took it all the nails in your hands and the crown of thorns on your brow being humiliated as a but there you bore and you covered our sins and today we your people we remember and we just say thank you and we give you glory this moment that we'll have together may it be a time of just pure praise as we remember in Jesus name in honor of the Lord's Supper would you stand and as the Lord has spoken to your heart come to the table and let's remember
join me in prayer. When I remember, when I truly remember, and I know it's just bread, and I know it's just a cup of juice, but when it forces me to remember, You seem so inadequate. Because of the magnitude and the scope of your atoning work on the cross. And I never want to drift from that. Ask your blessing on the communion that we have just taken together the body of Christ in Jesus name and together we say amen would you be seated for just a few moments it would be great and wonderful if Paul's words to us ended there wouldn't it I mean you could just live there in that moment but Paul goes on matter of fact he says you not only take a look in and you take a look back but he says you take a look ahead listen to what he says and Verse 26 of that same passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26, he says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. And then it's got three little interesting words. Until he comes. Did you catch the emphasis of that? You remember his death, but not his dying. Because Jesus Christ is alive today and forevermore. And this not only reminds us of what he's done, but it reminds us that he is coming again. Our Savior our Lord, our King. And just as we look back and know what he did for us, by faith we look ahead and embrace what he's going to do for us. And so I just invite you in the next few moments, look back, remember, but look ahead until he comes.